Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. John chapter 15 can be a misinterpreted passage of Scripture as it relates to the different types of branches. Some people would think it means that you can lose your salvation. Other people would have differing views, maybe even controversial views, as to what the branches represent. So I want to walk through this passage, help you to see that there are three different types of branches uh, mentioned here by Jesus, and help you and I to see what each of these branches represent for us today. So in order to make sure we interpret a passage correctly, We always need to understand its context. This is absolutely vital. You can take a small couple verses, and if you don't understand the context, you can think it means something totally different than what it really meant. We need to understand what the original writer was intending when he wrote, or what the original speaker, whoever's speaking in the passage, was meaning when they spoke. So some quick questions. We need to understand who is doing the speaking. We understand as we back up from John 15 that it is Jesus doing the speaking, (laughs) Or if you have a red letter edition of the Bible, then you understand these are the words of Jesus. Then we have to ask ourselves, who is the audience? Who is being spoken to? When John chapter 15, it is the 12 disciples. That is who he's speaking to. He's been sitting down with them. He's had dinner. They're getting up and they're beginning to walk toward the Garden of Gethsemane. So we understand he's speaking as far as his audience to believers But there's also an unbeliever here because Judas is part of the 12. He's speaking to the church as believers, but also knowing there's an unbeliever in the audience. And we understand he's emphasizing growth and fruit bearing, not salvation in this passage. That's something that's key. This is not a salvation passage per se. So as we go through here, we're going to see that there are three different types of branches. We understand that we are the branches. In verse number five, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. So he says, everyone is a branch. He's talking to the 12. So whether it's the 11 believers, they are represented by a branch that he's talking about and also also Judas, who is an unbeliever, he is also represented by one of these branches. So we always have to remember who is talking and who is being spoken to in order to understand the context. Now, I see three different types of branches here. In verse number two, it says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. There's the unfruitful branch. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. There is the second branch, which is the fruitful branch. And then number five, he says, I am the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. I'm sorry, verse number six. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. So we have thirdly, the withered branch. So let's look first of all at the unfruitful branch. These are Christians that are unfruitful. Notice it says in verse number two, every branch, watch this, in me. What does it mean to be in me? This is Jesus speaking. This means this is a believer in Jesus Christ. Scripture makes a very hard distinction between those who are in Christ, in Jesus, and those who are not. This is speaking of those who are saved and those who 
are not. So here he's speaking to those that are believers. And he says there is a saved person, a person who has accepted uh, the free gift of salvation that for various reasons has become unfruitful. Now, what would be some various reasons someone would become unfruitful? Well, it could be hard times. It could be persecution, unwilling to identify as a Christian. Now, Jesus gives a little bit of insight when he talked about the parable of the sower, the seed and the sower. In Matthew 13, he said this, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and with joy receiveth it, yet he hath not rooted himself, but doeth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. So here's someone that can become unfruitful because of the tribulation, the hard times that may become for identifying as a Christian or trying to live out uh, what God's word says. In verse 22, it says this, But he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and watch this, and he becometh unfruitful. So you and I can get so consumed with this world, with our job, with our kids, with uh, our education. We can get so consumed with these things that we become unfruitful. We're still a good person. We're still doing life, but we become unfruitful for the kingdom of God. Maybe it's the desires for riches. They don't take the effort to grow. Jesus said this, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is someone making a superficial commitment, but there is no depth. Maybe they stop serving him. You can think of people right now. Maybe you even has been a time in your life when you stop serving, you, you, you stop following, you stop trying to grow because of whatever happened in your life. Maybe you put Jesus in second, third, fourth, or fifth place. But can I say this? Jesus isn't looking for weekend Christians. He isn't looking for disloyal Christians. He isn't looking for hypocrites who say they are what they don't do. Jesus is looking for those fully committed to him. He's looking for those fully sold out to him, fully in. He's looking for loyal followers. But we notice in our passage that God removes the unfruitful branches. And some people say, well, that means a person loses their salvation. So how do we know this passage does not teach that? Well, that would contradict the clear teaching of Scripture. We find in many passages of Scripture, John 10, 28, uh, in the same book of the Bible here, we see that it says, uh, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And he goes on to say that all that God has given him, nothing will ever be taken. Ephesians 4.30 talks about we're sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. That means you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Your salvation can never be taken away until you meet Jesus. And I would say this, always remember, never use the obscure to interpret the obvious. Here you would be taking John 15, maybe this refers to salvation, and trying to use it to interpret the obvious. No, we use the obvious, John 3, 16, uh, uh, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not might be saved. And we're going to look at our next episode about reasons why you cannot lose your salvation, just to make that clear. Uh, but here the uh, <clears throat> we're talking about a branch who is a believer, but then becomes unfruitful. And the Bible says God removes it. What does it mean that he taketh it away or he removes it? You see, when a branch is not serving its purpose, it becomes a burden on the vine. It begins to suck life 
but not producing fruit. That is its intended purpose. So the gardener must do what's best for the vine and the other branches, which is to remove the branch. You can think about uh, if you are a gardener and you know tomatoes, there's little things that grow in them called suckers. And you want to remove those because they will suck the life and the energy out of the vine, which is what a tomato plant is. Uh, And if you can remove those, it'll allow more life and more fruit to come out where the the vine is going to produce fruit. Now, there are a few ways that God can remove or take that person away. One, God could stop actively working in their life. God could find a replacement for his kingdom work. You know, when God calls you to do something and you don't want to do his will, then guess what? He's got to find someone to do his kingdom works, so he will replace you. You can get placed to the side. First John 5, 16 talks about sin has physical consequences, that of death. Uh, blatant disobedience results in sickness and death. We see that in 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about those who will enter heaven but have no rewards because they produce no fruit. So there is an opportunity for you and I to be a Christian to produce fruit and then become unfruitful, or to be a Christian and never to produce fruit. It doesn't mean God removes our salvation. It just means God moves us to the side, and there's very different, various ways that can happen, but it does not mean that we lose our salvation. And then the second one is the fruitful branch. I don't want to spend time here because we talked about it in our previous episode, but Christians that are fruitful, that's what it's speaking of here, and those that abide in Jesus will produce fruit. He says, I am the vine, you're the branches, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And God prunes the fruitful branches. So for, for those who produce fruit, God will work in their lives in various ways, which we talked about, to produce more fruit and then much fruit. And then lastly, the last branch that we come to is the withered branch in uh, verse number six. Some people think, okay, well, if verse number two doesn't mean uh, that you lose your salvation, surely verse number six does. Well, can I say this? These are pretend branches that were never connected. We're going to notice a few things here in verse number six. Notice that this person does not abide in Jesus and it's conditional. That means it's a decision that this person makes. It's up to them to abide or not to abide. So if a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch and is withered. So this shows that it's a choice that each person makes. And then we must notice the usage of the personal pronouns, how they change. In the previous verses, Jesus said, you and ye, speaking to them. Now he changes and he says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them together, and they are burned. It's not you and ye. He's speaking of a different type of person here. He's distinguishing this branch from the other two branches. And we must remember that Judas was a part of this audience. He was with Jesus, but never believed on Jesus. He was attached to the cause, but not to Jesus as Savior. John chapter 6 Verse number 70 and 71, it says this, And Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. And he would say that again in John 13, verses 26 and 27, speaking about Judas, After it says, And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest do quickly. And so here it's speaking of Judas uh, betraying Jesus. And so we understand Judas was an unbeliever, though he was with Christ. 
And so John 15 here, the withered branches are unbelievers, those who are not attached to the vine. They appear as a branch, but are not a branch. You could refer to them as an unsaved Christian, which sounds, uh, doesn't even sound like it makes sense, right? But this is because how can you be a Christian and unsaved? The essence of being a Christian is being a believer. But those would be one who outwardly identifies as a Christian but has never believed on Jesus. This was Judas. He's an unsaved Christian. He walked around identifying as a disciple, yet he was unsaved. You may refer to it as a cultural Christian, meaning if I was raised as a Christian, then I must be a Christian. If my mom and dad went to church, then I must be a Christian. If my grandma was a Christian, I must be a Christian. But that's not the case. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaking here himself says this, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, 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 that means they knew Jesus, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. So here these are good intentioned people. These are people that are in church. These are people that are serving. These are people that maybe have been baptized. They identify with the cause. But as Jesus said, I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So in verse 21, who is it that enters the kingdom of heaven? He tells us. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but, here's the key, he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, what is the will of the Father? Well, John chapter 6, verse number 40 tells us exactly what the will of the Father is. That's the key to understanding this verse. It says this, and this is the will of him that sent me. Jesus speaking, this is the will of God. That everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So notice this people who don't go to heaven still identify with Jesus. They've done good works. They've gone to church. They've known of him. But he says, I will tell them to depart from me. Because they never did the will of my Father. The will of God is that you will believe on Jesus. That means there's a time in your life when you make the choice to believe on Jesus. And so they're missing that vital element, a decision to believe on Jesus. And the passage says that men will separate and burn these withered branches. Now, can I say we do not know who the men are that gather them or where the fire is. We do know that these branches are not believers, So this means they're not losing their salvation, and we do know that there is a gathering and a burning. Again, this cannot be talking about losing your salvation. So what do we do here? Well, we use Scripture to interpret Scripture. Jesus spoke much about fire and hell and burning. In Matthew chapter 13, we were just there earlier, uh, verses 37 through 43. He tells a parable, and he begins to explain it. He says, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are the angels. So he gives us kind of a general overview of what is going on in the world. And watch this. As therefore the tares are what gathered and burned in fire. These are the unbelievers. 
They're gathering and burning fire. So shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend in them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So when we come back to our passage, we do understand that Jesus is teaching that there are withered branches that are unbelievers, that there will be a time that they are gathered, and there's a time when they are placed in a fire. Here in Matthew 13, he talks about the end of the age when the angels will gather them together, and those uh, people who have not believed on Jesus will stand before God and give an account for their sin, and then they will be punished accordingly. And so C.S. Lewis says it this way, there are only two kinds of people in the end, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, thy will be done. So which type of branch are you? Are you a fruitful branch? Continue bearing fruit. Are you an unfruitful branch and you've just kind of slipped away and you know you've not uh, been following Jesus like you should? Make a recommitment. Resurrender your life. Are you listening? There's never been a time when you've believed on Jesus Christ. If you die today, you're not 100% sure that you would go to heaven. You can do that at any place, any time. That is making that decision to go from just knowing of Jesus to saying, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I want to accept your free gift of salvation. The Bible refers to eternal life as a gift. I can hold out a gift, but you must take it. You must receive it. You must make it your own. And so if you're listening to me and you say, look, there's never been a time in my life when I've believed on Jesus. Maybe I've grown up in church and Christianity, but I've never made a decision. I've just known of Jesus. Or you say, look, I don't know much about him, but I definitely don't want to go to this place of gathering and burning. Jesus does not want you to. God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but his long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish. God does not desire any to be gathered and burned. And so while I'm getting ready to close us in prayer, all you have to do is pray or say or call out to Jesus in your heart. It's not what I say. It's just you calling out to your heart. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've broken your law, and I'm asking you to be my Savior. I want to receive the free gift of salvation. Please be my Savior. Amen. However you say it, whatever, wherever, none of that matters. It's just you making that decision to call out to him and believe on him, to go from a withered branch to a fruitful branch. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.